0: good afternoon or good evening welcome to another live edition on this sunday night september 18th 2022 of the other side of midnight that magical time between dusk and dawn when we kind of try to distill all the crazy stuff that's happening now 24 7 all over the world in fact probably if we were places where we cannot see All over the solar system and in fact that's going to be the entry for the next three hours because we are gathered together to to um, praise and to salute on her way the final journey of the Queen the state funeral at uh, Westminster Abbey begins in a few short hours about uh, I think uh, two hours after the ending of the show Mountain Time If you tune to uh, the BBC or Sky News or MSNBC or CNN, any of the networks, they're going to be doing uh, pretty much continuous coverage uh, because the uh, funeral with something like 2000 invited guests. Uh, If you look at item number one in Radio With Pictures, there is a um, rather remarkable view of the interior of westminster abbey it's it's a stunning place it's it is so fitting for this whole discussion this backdrop of the royal family the monarchy the role of monarchies in the 22nd century uh their origins etc., etc. and a rather remarkable idea i had earlier in the week and i actually ran it by my first guest tonight uh stephen bassett and so without further ado Let me introduce Stephen. For those of you who are new to the show, Stephen Bassett is a political activist, disclosure advocate, and the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group, founded in 1996 to end a decades-long government-imposed embargo on the truth behind extraterrestrial presences related to a broad spectrum of the phenomena. He has spoken to audiences around the world about the implications of disclosure, the formal confirmation by heads of state, and that's gonna be a key part of our discussion tonight, of an extraterrestrial presence engaging for many, many decades, if not much longer, uh, the entire human race. So without further ado, Stephen Bassett, live from Washington, D.C., welcome to The Other Side of Midnight. Stephen.
1: Yes, Richard, there it you is are. midnight where you're at, but not, <laughs> I mean, where I'm at, but not you not you yet.
0: <laughs> well, but we're on the East Coast. So, you know, time you'll zones. get
1: there eventually.
0: We yeah. will. We, like with New Year's, you know, we eventually wind up celebrating the new year. OK, when we last had a conversation, we had just it was kind of after the one and only open hearing. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, there have been some name changes of the Pentagon office devoted to UAPs slash UFOs. So what's the current status and where are we in terms of this disclosure process?
1: I think I've got enough time to give a basic update here up to bring us current. Uh, I'm getting better at condensing it down into <laughs> a limited amount of words, which is not easy. Um, here is here is the, the picture. Uh Starting in December of 2017 and then for the next three and a half years into spring of 2021, about three and a half years, uh, we had probably an unprecedented level of engagement uh, of the issue across all media, uh, major developments, uh, witnesses coming forward. uh, And this was
0: primarily because of that amazing story in The New York Times, right?
1: The New York Times triggers it. But then, of course, that just... It expands the awareness of the issue and and more coverage is happening. So I don't know. I think in my print media archive, I think I have nearly 3,000 articles that have been printed on the subject since uh, uh, December of 2017. It's an unprecedented level and important articles. The stigma virtually fell away from the issue. Most of the skeptics pretty much went away and found other work, so there's a couple <laughs> that are still hanging out. Um, and there was a, there was a lot. So it was a lot going on publicly, but it was also a lot going on privately behind the scenes. The effect of this very intense three and a half years resulted in the next phase. We'll call it phase two of the what I call the end game of disclosure. And that is in the spring of uh, 2021. Finally. After nearly uh, 75 years the United States government decided to finally, formally, and openly engage this
0: issue in the appropriate way. By the way, let me interrupt. That's some of the things that I do here. It is coincidentally the 75th anniversary of the U.S. Air Force. One of my well-known Air Force colleagues made sure that I wanted to mention that tonight, which, of course, I do. The transformation in 1947 from the U.S. Army Air Corps, or Air Force to the U.S. Air Force, the splitting off of a separate branch, I believe was the last time that a military service was split off from another one up until Trump split the Space Force off from the Air Force a couple of years ago. So it's, se- right. it's the 70th anniversary of the U.S. Air Force and by extraordinary coincidence it's also the 75th anniversary of the CIA
1: oh it's a lot of 47 was a big year
0: yep big big it's 71st well 71st anniversary it's, of because it's 19.47 it's the ritual I cannot
1: I have no idea about that, but I do – I can count and 47, 75 years ago, which was the 75th anniversary of CIA, 75th anniversary of the National Security Act, creation of the NSA, 75th anniversary, the beginning of the truth embargo at Roswell, and of course the 75th anniversary of you know, the event itself. Well, since
0: you say you don't know about this stuff, let me give you another little data point. A few hours from now, there's going to be a major state funeral. The president's attending all kinds of heads of state, special guests, all that, for the departed queen. It's taking place in London on September 19th. It literally begins at 11 a.m. and ends at 47 before the hour, 19.47 for the departure of the queen from these mortal realms, and you think there's nothing to the ritual we are bound by the ritual i'm not a ritual guy Dick, I'm, you know. I'm not either i'm simply I'm just, reporting just, the facts
1: i was i was i was i think i i, I somehow joined the uh what the key club which is uh, somewhat connected to the ultimately to the ma- kiwanis which is you know ma- whatever got thrown out of it that was in my senior year <laughs> of high school look let me just let me just focus on the politics here so Starting in the spring of 2021, finally, the U.S. government made the decision uh, for, I think, for logical reasons, that it was time to finally engage the issue properly. Uh, Blue Book was not a proper engagement, I assure you. Uh, The two hearings they held in 66 and 68 were not proper engagement. They were for show. Uh, in fact, the government has gone to enormous lengths to not engage this issue, to pretend it doesn't well, exist. Well, in
0: '63, the Robertson CIA panel was for exactly. show.
1: Well, Well, no, but that, no that was a, that was a classified panel. We just found out about it later, and we discovered that the, the, the key uh, point that the panel arrived at was the phenomenon didn't seem to be a threat, but the public's growing obsession was a big threat, and therefore, they needed to make it all go away in any event we're talking about a very long time from 1947 to uh, 2021 74 years go by and finally they have they make this decision now everything that had happened between 1947 and 19 and, and to 2021 contributed to this decision it wasn't just the breakthrough New York Times articles which stem from uh, some videos released and some other information being released to them. The emergence of this group of 10 individuals uh, who were in the military intelligence complex as part of an organization and all that. That was very important, no question. Uh, but everything that came before that, the research of hundreds if not thousands of people, the endless books and articles and journals and documentaries and interviews and reports and everything else, all of that – You pile it all up, and it results in the United States government finally doing the right thing 74 years after they got bodies and a crash vehicle not from this earth. Now, what's happened since 2021? Well, prior to the spring of 2021, there had been plenty of activity on the Hill, a lot of briefings going on private of members of Congress, certainly the members of the key committees like the House and Senate Intel, House and Senate Armed Services. Chris Mellon was a key factor there, key player. Witnesses were brought up. It was all done sub rosa, basically. Though some of the members referred to it and said, yeah, I got a briefing, that's their prerogative. But overall, it was simply not in play until finally they'd had enough information and had done their own inquiries and had searched their own souls and decided it's time to move on this. And the first person that really made a significant move beyond anything anybody had done previously, which includes Stephen Schiff and and uh, uh, a few other members of Congress that have touched on it, is, of course, Marco Rubio, an interesting choice. But he makes mm-hmm. the first move with uh, language inserted into the 2021 appropriations bill or – 20 yeah, 2021 appropriations bill. So this sets off the – what we'll call the congressional engagement of the issue. Now, it could have stopped right there. It could have been that language could have been stripped out uh, and never passed. Uh, It could have been that the House wanted nothing to do with it. But that's not what happened. Uh, what happened is, is that language was included in the appropriation bill, the Intelligence Authorization Act. Uh, House language was put in by Gallego, and that language was passed in the 2020 appropriations bill, which led to reportage requirements, including a report delivered in uh, June of 2021. Uh, and uh, yeah, the typical a lot of,
0: 180 days.
1: Uh, well, they. Yeah. I guess it's typical. 180 days from the act, which put it in June. Again, they're, 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 this is appropriate, and it's also slow, and that's the way it always is. There's not, they're not being
0: unduly slow. Well, I think it would be called – I think the term will be measured.
1: Okay, measured, slow, whatever. I mean, this is the way the government works, right? Uh, Legislation is slow. But, you know, by the way, the legislation process on this is actually faster than many, many, many other legislative threads that are out there. So, in fact, it's a very positive thing. And so we have – then language is then put in the 2022 appropriations bill. Um, and then language has now been put in the 2023 appropriations bill. So the first two bills were passed with the language involved. They set up uh, a you know, group, a task force, or whatever the hell. They assigned this, this, these, these rules and
0: regs. This is part uh, of the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA?
1: Yeah, intelligence authorization component of it. And to give you how important this is, you see, when when something is really important within the the world of the Department of Defense, uh, as it addresses the issue in the context of dealing with the the, the the Congress and getting money and all that kind of stuff, is acronyms start flying around like like uh, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, bees, right? And so everybody remembers. Uh, some of your people know that the ATIP program, which emerged in uh, two thousand seventeen in December. Uh, was actually a nickname for the original program, which was the OSAP. So the original program was Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Applications Program, OSAP, which eventually became nicknamed ATip for any number of reasons. But it was a nickname. It wasn't like formal, but that's the name that was carried, and that's the name that was used in the article, which created some confusion on the part of people in the Department of Defense because they didn't see that name listed on their list of programs. Hmm. That, that, that was then, and people were confounded by that. Well, if that confounded them, how about this? When they started to get into it formally, they set up, quote, the Unidentified Aerophenomena Task Force, the UAPTF, over at ONI. <laughs> Office of Naval Intelligence, and then as the legislation changed, and as the Department of Defense started to you know, maneuver things around and assign this and assign that, they decided to change the name again to the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group, right? <laughs> uh, which is uh, AOIMSG, okay, uh, and uh, and that is that is uh, uh, AMSOG, and then. They have just changed it again. Yep. Just in this last legislation. This is my favorite one. To the one, All the Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, ARO. Now, it took them basically five acronyms to finally get something that was right. AWSAP, Are you kidding me? A tip? Oh, come on. That sounds like something you get at the you know Outback Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Unidentified Aero Phenomena Task Force, the UAPTF, the. You puffed? No. And then arrows, arrow, Airboard Object Identification Management, AMSOG, OK? All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, arrow. OK. I think they finally found it. I think we're going to go with that for a while. But when they start making up names and changing names, that shows you this is really important. Why? Because it reflects the jockeying going on within the Department of Defense as to who's going to do what how many people you're going to get how much money you're going to get what's your what's your tat what what are your tasks what's your mission statement and so that has been and that's that happens over there all the time with all his programs all right now i happen to know that they estimate there will be 3000 people working on the all domain anomaly resolution office by early next year
0: 3000 is that big enough yeah is that big enough wait, wait, for, wait, the, wait. for the people this is to cover 100 150- 40 cases that they reported at the last hearing? No, it's to
1: cover the entire issue okay. and everything right, that Congress just... is demanding from the DOD on this issue. All right. Right. Uh, which they have now acknowledged is not only in our air, it is in space and it is underwater. One of the most important significant things that's happened in terms and of these changes And it could be other dimensions.
0: All domain. It,
1: well, it, it, all domain does not in the law, in the in the in this legislation does not refer to other dimensions yet. Uh, so I will invite people fine, go there if you want, but I'm I'm interested in what the government is is in writing about. Uh, so it's it's air, sea and space. But the sea is extremely important mm-hmm. because uh, undersea unidentified undersea objects
0: uh, are really a problem. Oh, they've been a big component of this from the beginning. Just not acknowledged. Yeah, but not acknowledged. And one of the reasons they've not
1: acknowledged – obviously, the government had to acknowledge the UFOs. OK? UFOs have been around forever. They had to acknowledge them though. Again, they just put it off, put it off, put it off. Uh, and there they, they don't seem to be a threat. OK, fine. Undersea is different. Things that can travel under under the sea – wow. And then you get, and then you start getting the potential interference with the entire submarine reality, which is essentially the the core. Yeah, and not just really travel
0: undersea but travel at very, very high speeds. Well, yeah, key. exactly. Hundreds yeah, so of miles per been hour. Seeing,
1: they've been seeing things down there traveling a couple hundred miles an hour, which means they're not ours.
0: Yeah, nope. right.
1: And, and uh, but there's also, you know, but the, the ocean is filled with nuclear subs. Yep. All right, and so they could not acknowledge that because that really raises the, the potential for problems. But now they can, because they have set the platform already to view this issue, at least from the standpoint of the DOD's task and mission statement, as well as the basis for hearings and legislative action on the basis of the, the clear potential national security threat. And once they establish that, it's OK to bring in the undersea component of that. Now, not, not a lot of journalists really jumped on that and you haven't seen any articles yet, I should write something for The Hill, maybe I will, maybe they won't publish it. But the point is is that, is that uh, nobody's really brought up the fact, that, wait a minute, these things are down there and we've got nuclear submarines down there. We're not talking about something flying over Nevada or you know, over Norway or something, we're talking about undersea hundreds of miles an hour and there's Russian and, and, and a Chinese and, and US nuclear subs carrying 10, 12, 15, 14, merved in many cases, merged warheads, this is a big deal. They have opened that door, but the journalists haven't jumped on it yet because everything is happening so fast. You can't keep up with this. Well, they're I'm all distracted
0: watching. by why did Trump take God knows how many 11,000 documents to Mar-a-Lago.
1: They are distracted, and we are in unusual political circumstances, and we have another war, and this war is a little different than just about every other war because no war we have been in prior to this, and that includes Vietnam, it includes Iraq, it current concern, concern, uh, concerns Afghanistan, has had more of a nuclear, how would you say, component attached
0: well, to yeah, it. Well, yeah, Putin every other week is threatening to use nukes.
1: Yeah. See, the oh, oh well, let me interrupt. Uh,
0: you know, there is another component which has just come up in the last couple of days, and I wanted mm-hmm. to to ask, you know, run this by you. Have, are you aware of the mainstream astronomical reports of UFOs over the Ukrainian battle space? Yeah. that
1: is that is a, a new uh, a bunch of articles that I'm just putting up on site right now. It's just another example of anything that turns up anywhere now is is a news news story it could be a odd-looking cloud it could be m- maybe some drones, it drones could be anything. drone yeah. it gets covered and so not surprisingly except if there turning- are
0: measurements at two separate stations one in Kyiv and the other to the east and from the measurements the motions do not correspond to any known aircraft
1: Yeah, yeah the point I'm making is is that even relatively trivial stuff is now an article i mean i i'm constantly
0: yeah but there were lots I, I of go, reports about ufos over vietnam and not one made the major papers here in in the state nothing
1: like this nothing like this nothing like this i, I you know believe me there, there there was some mentions of that but tiny compared very to what tiny
0: now. One the point two. i'm
1: making is that ne- the ukraine stuff is, is not trivial, and so it's really getting hit hard. And what, what that means is, is that, and this the government understands this, is now everything that has a UAP uh, tint to it is going to be covered. The entire world media is now committed that they're going to tell us about this. Which, of course, is what get. we
0: forecast, you and I, and it's a good thing because... Of course the, it is. The, the, the biggest assistance to the government cover-up charade has been blase lack of interest on the part of any serious journalists. That well, has now changed. It's not,
1: not exactly. There have been 20, 30, 40,000 articles written about UAP phenomena for the last 75 years. No, I'm years.
0: To, Yeah, but nothing. That's not no, lack no, of interest. But nothing has taken traction. Why not?
1: No, no. It's not the reason it hasn't taken tra- well. It hasn't taken traction because the government's gone to extreme lengths to minimize the chances of it taking traction. The way the journalistic community has failed us is not by not paying attention. They they've written thousands of articles about it, but by not challenging the government on the issue or doing deep investigations.
0: Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. As someone who used to be, you know, Cronkite's left shoulder, right shoulder, whatever. The way we handled UFOs when I was at CBS, it was the kicker story at the end of the news, the ha-ha. That's not yeah. serious, journalism. Well, no, no I, again, you... serious journalism. No one has done serious journalism since 1947 on this. No,
1: no, 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 no. no. Look, I, I – I, I... I, I'm somewhat of an obsessive compulsive person. I got OCT. <laughs> and, and, uh, By and the so, way, let me, let me p- interrupt
0: p- again. Can you stay over because our next guest is not answering his phone? So. I can
1: stay. As, well, I just can't overlap, but I can stay over. Yeah, sure. So in my print media archive, I've now archived 13,000 articles. And, and these aren't just everything. These are the good stuff. Uh, legitimate publications, not fringe, prior to the internet, obviously not even the internet. And I estimate that's about maybe 30% of the total number of English language articles. And of these 13,000 articles, maybe less than 1% are non-serious. They are overwhelmingly serious. Now, what do I mean by that? Meaning it's legitimate, straightforward writing about this happened, that happened, and so forth. And if you go read them, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Well, that wasn't enough. In other words, an issue like this is with significance and implications that it has. The major paper should have been sending out people to start digging, in other words, asking questions. In
0: other words, how many reporters have, have, have stood down at the well, Pentagon? Well, these were like and- Sunday supplement stories, but they weren't beat reporters digging, digging, digging like Watergate, like the, during the Trump years, like the Mar-a-Lago thing. There was no concerted, focused effort to get to the bottom of the problem.
1: Again, we're we're basically saying the same thing. Good. There was a huge amount of coverage of the issue, most of which was straightforward. But there was no challenging of the government. In other words, they might write a very significant story about a sighting or event or what have you, but nobody was going to go down to the press conference of the DOD and ask hard questions. The very there's only been a few times that any question has been asked at the DOD at their press conferences. One of the most famous one was 1997 when they held that press conference there to try to debunk Roswell, and that blew up in their face. Uh, and so, oh, the famous the, the famous, pre- the, famous press,
0: the famous time compression.
1: Yeah. And so essentially I'm pretty convinced that the the major networks and the major papers which was enough because the other papers are going to follow along made a decision with or without cooperation or coercion that this issue they were not going to challenge the government on it. Not not in 4956 Well you the remember 50s, 60s, there was something
0: 70s. called Operation Mockingbird where the CIA bragged in private that they had key people in every major news outlet yeah. in the country if not the planet. And they how could suppress serious digging? Again,
1: yeah. Again, we the whole story of why the press chose, made the decisions it made is worthy of a major book uh, by a person that can write major books, because there is a, an incredible story here. It will be very difficult. To well, get the out. time is come, Stephen. That's your okay. book. Uh, not a chance. That's your first book. Uh, no, I have a tension span of approximately twelve and a half seconds. So. The point I'm making is Ghostwriter. in the last two, since since the spring of 2021, we have had a solid year and a half of major unprecedented engagement of the issue by the Congress, and major unprecedented response by the Department of Defense. Now, the latest uh, notable action is language has been inserted in the Senate, and in the House appropriation uh the defense intelligence uh the defense uh, national defense authorization act and the intelligence authorization funding um the mark warner is the one that proposed the bill for the senate and he is you know he's the, the chairman of the intel committee so yeah that's he's, he's that's from in virginia
0: play. democratic senator uh, and from he's virginia.
1: from virginia and um mark gallagher with backed up by Ruben Diego. Gallagher's a Democrat, Gallagher is a I Repu- I mean, um, Gallagher's a Republican, Giego's a Democrat. They are the one who submitted the language into the, the House bill. Now what's what's important about this language? This is very, very important because they went to a place that is notable for a number of reasons. And so it's section sixteen of the House Bill. It's entitled Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Reporting Procedures. It has a section called authorization for for reporting. It has a section uh, entitled, uh, let me just get here, please. Um, Hang on, let me go on down. Uh, Why can't I find that? It has a section called records of non-disclosure agreements, right? And then it has another section titled systems for reporting. I I don't – I'm not going to read this to you because most people will will struggle with the language. (laughs) But essentially what they have done here is they have laid down the basis for internal support for people inside government who wish to come forward and talk about what they know about this issue. All right? And that's one thing. The second thing they have done – and this is particularly notable. In fact, I think I'll read this. So just wait, listen but before carefully. you
0: read it, let me ask, Let me see if I understand this. They provide it, and we're at the bottom of the hour, so you know maybe we'll just hold on. Let me just ask the question. You can think about it. They are mm-hmm. providing air cover for witnesses, whistleblowers in no. this? Okay. Not exactly.
1: Uh, that's how it's being interpreted. That's a misinterpretation on the internet, social media. God bless social media. But that's not what's happening. This is protection for people coming forward within the government – to the government, not to the public, the press. All right. OK. OK. And when we come back from uh, the bottom, I'll read you just one key paragraph, which will make a key point, And then I'll, I'll 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 then mention a second paragraph, which is really important. And, okay. and most people don't know this yet because who the hell reads language in proposed bills <laughs> except lobbyists?
0: All right. You know? Hold it there. My first guest this morning, we have many and we're going to be covering the transition in the royal family, the monarchy in Britain for the majority of the program. But uh, I wanted to kind of kick off tonight with this conversation because oddly enough, there is a relationship between disclosure and the crown in my model. And when I ran this by someone who is kind of in a position to know, my model seems to be shall we say encouraged and we'll get to that and a number of other things when we come back after the uh, bottom of the hour you're on the other side of midnight my name is Richard C. Hoagland we shall return And welcome back everyone on this Sunday night, September 18th, here in the Land of Enchantment. Just hours away from the beginning of the Queen's final journey out of Westminster Abbey to where they're going to lay her and uh, the Duke of Edinburgh to to rest. Um, The reason I have Steve Bassett on this morning is because as we'll get to in the next uh, few minutes, I think there is a unique role for King Charles III in this unfolding and accelerating and multifaceted disclosure process, and in a few minutes I'm going to kind of run the idea by Steve again and, and see what he responds, but okay, Stephen, so we're, we're in the throes of legislation in the current NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, but it is not is being widely reported some kind of witness protection or whistleblower protection? So if it's not that, what is it?
1: Well, it's actually a number of things. Th- these, are, these are two uh, – the, 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 uh, the Senate bill has three full sections devoted to the UAP issue, section 703, 4, and 5. I mean they're massive, all right? Uh, I'm still going through them. But again, to give you to, – to, to, to highlight that this is now becoming part of the standard legislative, crazy, interactive, sometimes slow process that everything else that, we, that the government does is of any importance at all goes through. Let me just read the first paragraph in Warner's Bill, Section 703, which is entitled The Modification of Requirement. For office to address unidentified aerospace undersea phenomena. This is
0: the one making right? its way through the Senate.
1: This is the Senate side, and um, and this was submitted on July like 12. Oh, right. So we're about two months out. Yesterday, but nobody expects the ND, NDA to be signed until after the election. It's highly unlikely it'll right. be signed before the election. So we're not. It's not going to be signed until you know late in November. But the first paragraph I love, it says, not later than 120 days after the date of the enactment of the Intelligence Authorization Act for physical year 223. So that's a four month time frame. If it gets signed in November, that would put it essentially in April. The Secretary of Defense, in coordination with the Director of National Intelligence, established an office within a component of the Office of the Secretary of Defense or within a joint organization of the Department of Defense and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence to carry out the duties of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force." Well, you see, what, you, know, you, know, uh, you know, in this draft. Uh, the the good senator warner is fail, failing to note that that name has been changed twice uh, since the beginning well that's and staff. So what's
0: happened that's obviously what's staff, happened yeah.
1: here yeah the staff what's happened here is the unidentified air phenomenon task force has become a kind of nick- nickname for the unfolding series of um uh of offices right or programs as they want to call it uh and and so he's and and they have so they're not being precise here but they're using the nickname so i thought that that was pretty kind of cool um as it just shows you know they're working it out but the name of the section 1683 in section 703 is this the establishment of the unidentified aerospace undersea phenomena joint program office which means that the, this legislation may very well contain a new name for the UAP program within the Department oh, of Defense, great. or it may be another office that the Aero office that we talked about earlier will be underneath, I don't know, but you're beginning to see how this thing could eventually involve 3,000 people, all right? Now, I'm going to jump over to the House bill. This is gets interesting. This is what Gallagher, who's, who's really uh, on fire about this issue, uh, which is important because he's on an important subcommittee, uh, probably the most the most hair-on-fire person in a congress is, is a congressman named Tim Burchette from Kentucky. But he, he doesn't – he's not on any committee that is relevant, but I don't think he cares. I mean he just – he outdoes himself every couple of weeks. He's very intense. He's all but basically saying, I'm meeting with extraterrestrials the first Sunday of every month. We're talking about their agenda. But in other words, what? he's intense. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, but he's, oh. he's really aggressive in his state. Okay. okay. Tim Burchett, B-U-R-C-H-E-T-T. Check him out. Okay, so here here is what this House bill that Gallagher and Gallego are doing. One, they're trying to set up some protection from inside witnesses. In other words, if you are anywhere in the government or the services and you want to come yeah, forward but on this. isn't that
0: whistleblower protection?
1: No, 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 it is not. If you are if you are someone in the government that wants to come forward and, and report something, report a sighting, whatever, right. to your boss, to your office, to your director, or to the Congress, right? You have not not to the public. Uh, then you have protection against any kind of retaliations, and what have you. Uh, in other words, it's internal protection for people coming forward from having something. Uh, having have, have, having problems or being hassled in any way, it also provides interesting enough the right for people to file civil action if that problem is not resolved internally, which I thought was notable. All right, so what they're doing is they're making it easier for people inside to communicate with uh, their their superiors who in many cases may not really know fully what's going on, and more importantly, communicate with the the, the intelligence committees with Congress. In other words, you're trying to grease the sleds. This is going to help get those hearings together.
0: Okay, let me me stop you again because I'm a little confused. Normally, someone working for Treasury, if they see a UFO sighting, if they they have a sighting, they're not going to go to their boss at Treasury. They're going to go either to the media, the newspaper, tell their family – Etc. No, or no, they won't tell anybody. they don't. Or they no, Richard, won't.
1: they don't. They don't go. They don't go to the press. Nobody goes to the press hardly. There's only been a few people that have come out like that. Uh, Why would, if you're themselves. in
0: Treasury and you see a UFO,
1: would you go to your boss? You would. A Treasury person isn't going to go to anybody. I'm saying anybody who has something appropriate that their boss needs to know, or the Congress needs to know, or the DoD needs to know, they are they are being provided under this a piece of legislation protection from undue negative consequences but it's not a whistleblower act and this is very significant and let me let me hammer this point home i've done it a number of times i'm going to keep doing it a whistleblower is somebody who comes forward with information about illegal activities within the organization in which they work whether it's a corporation or a nonprofit or the air force or anybody else after they have made efforts to, uh, to resolve the problem and bring it to the attention of their superiors within the agency they work, failing to get a response, they come forward and blow the whistle on this illegal activity. That is not what these witnesses are doing. It is not what these witnesses want to do. Why? Because the truth embargo, as I call it, is legal. It has always been legal. Just like... The sequestration and the embargoing of our uh, nuclear uh, uh, secrets and, and sources and and plans and agendas and everything else is absolutely classified and it's absolutely legal. If you're an anti-war person and thinks they should tell us all this stuff, that way we'd have a better idea of what the risks were of war, fine, but it's it's not illegal. And so these witnesses are not spilling the beans on the government – as whistleblowers, they are simply witnesses who have information that could be useful. And the truth
0: embargo and the policy of the government has been to discourage them from coming well, forward. Well, again, I'm totally confused because if I'm a, if I work for the government and I work for commerce, or I work for the post office or whatever, I work for the government. I'm not talking about the air force now or the military branches. And I see a UFO and I report it Like, who cares? The only reason someone would care is if in the department of the federal government that I work for, I see something going on related to this phenomenology, like development of technology, anti-gravity, free energy, whatever, whatever, cloaking, that would be relevant to the bigger picture, and I'm prohibited up to now by law from saying anything like any other classified special access program. So what's yeah,
1: yeah, different? Look, so what's different? The, the law, the bill applies to everybody, but obviously it's going to be a more appropriate and more likely to come into play if it ever comes into play with respect to people in
0: the in, in the appropriate Who like work up the street age? here at Los Alamos on anti gravity? Yeah, or so, ruins on Mars.
1: <clears throat> so. The point I'm making is that when uh, any of the pilots in the Tic Tac incident reported, they did, they did report to people uh, what was happening. It was known. All right. Um, if they, if they wanted to, if they, if they, if they felt that maybe the reports were not being handled appropriately, they could have gone further up the chain of command. And ultimately, they could have gone to Congress, perhaps privately. All right. Now. Again, this is not a distinction without a difference. If they were to go outside the chain of command and go to Congress because they did not feel the information they were provided was being addressed properly, that does not make them a whistleblower. Whistleblowers blow the whistle on illegal activity, fraud, crimes, you know, felonies,
0: well, whatever wait! wait, wait. Before and, and, you can establish it's illegal, you have to have a trial. They report activity they think is untoward, anomalous, weird, doesn't is not is not ethical, whatever. They don't know if it's illegal. They might think it is. Maybe it's not. So this gives these people cover to report what inside the government? Unusual activity? Formally this, classified this, the, the programs? Legis-
1: the legislation that is in the House bill is primarily referring to uh, reports related to UAP, unidentified well uh, phenomena with underneath okay. the all domain. This all uh, this
0: officer. all domain umbrella is it yeah. literally spelled out in the legislation that it's air, sea, undersea, and space?
1: All right, hang on a second.
0: Uh, let me go down here because I have a really specific reason for asking, no, which we've no, discussed on the show at great length. Beep, 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 beep. In other words, it's all domain defined legally in the legislation
1: uh, see these are these
0: are complex bills um, usually well, at the top of legislation, there are definitions of what you're talking about
1: yeah, they have definitions in here uh and the definitions are referring to. Pretty much the phenomena. This is essentially confined to witnesses related to the phenomena, however it's named, however it's slotted. uh, Well, if the legislation
0: covers space, that would cover NASA missions to the moon, Mars, et cetera. And there's a huge component of stuff that needs to be reported from people at JPL who are obviously not reporting it because of legal – Repercussion.
1: Again, the point that I'm making here is actually very simple. The term whistleblower is incorrect for what this bill is addressing and what the people are doing. And it is it is a problem because these people with few exceptions do not see themselves as whistleblowers. They are they are, see themselves as individuals that have information which is seemingly classified, in some cases it is classified or if it's not formally classified it's discouraged because of certain policies that the United States government has see, one of the problems with with the uh, UAP issue for the government is that it's one thing to classify uh, our our nuclear secrets which are put away somewhere and you can't get <laughs> to them but everybody knows that they exist but you can't get to them unless it's you want to go thing- to
0: Mar-a-Lago and then you can read them freely
1: And then it's one another thing to classify something which has been flying around in our skies for years that you can't even acknowledge is there. This is the dilemma they've always faced. This this I'm trying trying to to
0: find out. Does this apply to NASA? It applies to the phenomena
1: wherever it it, it turns out.
0: How do you define the phenomena?
1: It is, it is unidentified objects in under the sea, in our air and in space, UAP, you know, ultimate So an domain. ancient
0: ruin on Mars would qualify as an unidentified object.
1: I think it would certainly, it would It would very likely A be A good lawyer could make the case.
0: That. See, Again, if this th- gets this signed this, this fall. This isn't
1: going to go there. Richard,
0: listen to me. What do you mean it's me. not going to go there? It's These people on are not Hang whistleblowers. On, it's, it's, if, It depends on what their mindset is if they've been hey, sitting I, I on this for years because they had inhibitions legally to t- tell the truth this legislation gives them air cover to be a whistleblower however you no, want to define it, it. does
1: not Okay. I'm going to emphasize me. this Show because me. there is significant aspect to this. These people that work in our military like Fravor and Dietrich and all the others do right. not see themselves as whistleblowers blowing the whistle on the government that they serve. And when they're called whistleblowers, you are discouraging people from coming forward because they know what happens to whistleblowers. Right. Reality Winner might have been a whistleblower. I'm not sure, but she sort of approached it that way. She got five years in jail. This is they are witnesses who have been discouraged from really coming forward on this issue because it's been it's been embargoed, in a, and it's an awkward thing. But it's embargoed; it's not not handled the way our nuclear secrets are. But nevertheless, it's a big deal, and it's been a problem for everybody for years.
0: It sounds and to so me like we need saying, we need a lawyer who understands this. You know, I, I
1: assure you, the, 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 it'll be a long time before the lawyers get into this. Though I'm sure they would like to. What this bill is doing is simply making it – they're telling the witnesses out there, like the nuclear witnesses and other pilots and so forth, and maybe even astronauts, that if you have information relative to this phenomena and you wish to come forward to your agency, your boss, or even to the Congress, you have protection. But that coming forward is classified. In other words, you're doing it in a classified setting. It doesn't mean coming forward to the New York Times. It means within the government, your agencies and what have you, we are saying, look, you've got some protection because we want some flow of information.
0: So these are the restrictions (laughs) written into the law as you're reading it. That's how it's described. Uh, And again, the word
1: whistleblower is not in there and it shouldn't be in there. But I I understand why the people that have been aware of this issue and – uh, well, know, it's kind like of a shorthand
0: okay it's it's basically public shorthand. all right, moving no, on. we don't have a lot of time yeah. moving on okay,
1: so they've done that, but the other thing they did is extraordinary is they did this 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 is very significant. This is in section C identification of non-disclosure agreements. Listen carefully to this. The secretary of defense, the director of national intelligence, the secretary of homeland security, the heads of such other departments and agencies of the federal government that have supported supported investigations of the types of events covered by subparagraph A of subsection B1, I think we know what those are, and activities and programs described in the subparagraph B of of such subsections, and contractors of the federal government supporting such activities and programs shall conduct listen carefully, shall conduct comprehensive searches of all records relating to non-disclosure orders or agreements or other obligations relating to the types of events described in subsection A and provide copies of all relevant documents to the office. Hmm. What they are saying is that we want you to tell us where all the non-disclosures are what they cover and so forth, which really cuts to the heart of this because once they know uh, the nondisclosures that are in place, they know who is covered by those and then it makes it very easy for them to make decisions about uh, that nondisclosure doesn't apply or we're waiving that or that's not appropriate. And so this is going to be extremely difficult for them to comply with, but I don't think they have any choice unless this language is taken out of the bill. Right? A survey of all the nondisclosure and other – I think they said um, – what was it? Uh, the, uh, searches of all records relating to nondisclosure orders or agreements or other obligations. That covers a lot of territory. Essentially, it's the whole shebang that is by and large key to keeping this issue under control by appealing to the, the uh, t- patriotism and the oath that public servants uh, take when they sign up to serve the United States government. Uh, It's cutting right to that and basically we're going to review all that and that's going to open up things a a great deal. Meanwhile they're also saying witnesses have protection. So this is a a really significant piece of language. The question is this has to be now incorporated into the, the Senate bill. And if all if most of the language that Warner has put in goes through and, and then the Gallagher amendment, this is an amendment, by the way, uh, whereas in the Senate bill is part of the actual bill, sections 703, four and five. This takes it to a whole new level. Now, in most cases, they're talking about timeframes about six months. The, the Senate bill talks about another report once a year, I think in September, and a lot of people are going to read that and go, "What? wait a minute, we, what do you mean? Right. You've known about this for years, decades. What do you mean putting it out another year? Don't panic. Just because that language is in there, just because they're talking about reports on an annual basis up to 2026 doesn't mean that they're, they're planning to drag this out to 2026. What it means is at this point, they are doing the things that are appropriate, right? And uh, it's appropriate
0: to – to pace things that way wait, wait. well and, when when does the legislation that we've just talked about go into effect uh, what calendar the, year uh,
1: this is the 2023 bill probably be passed in November I think some of the provisions have a six month uh, 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 trigger another has a four month trigger meaning six months after the bill is passed that puts it in mid next year and then one of the sections talk about a report that's due once a year I think it's in September so again this is standard process, okay?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about how people in the government report when they are free of encumbrances for reporting.
1: No, again, we're talking two different things. Witnesses can come forward anytime any time to anybody at any time. These are the formal reports they're expecting ah, okay. about See, certain that, things. And thing. one of the reports they're expecting has to do with the, the NDAs. What – again, and I've, I've made this point many times and I'm not – I still struggle with the wording. There's two things going on right now. One – is our government and the Pentagon are, are doing all of the things they should have done 50 years ago, 40 mm-hmm. years ago, 30 years, 20 years ago. They're finally doing it, OK? They're going to go – they're going to put these things in place. They're going to do the legislation and so forth. OK, great. However, they know the dilemma that they have, namely that while – All the millennials out there see this as, oh, I had no idea. Oh, that's cool. You're passing some legislation. Oh, there's something in the skies. Who knew? They know that there are tens of millions of people in this country that know otherwise. They know the government's known about this since 47, that they have embargoed the issue for seven decades. And so uh, they understand that. A significant portion of 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 the of the public, as well as journalists, who are now coming alive. I mean, there is a whole new era of journalism, and it's starting to become investigative. If you haven't noticed, they're not going to put up with a two, three, four-year time frame. That's what the legislation is showing. So, how do you how do you solve that dilemma? Here's how you do it: you you put the legislation out there, you put in protections. You you, you 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 talk about doing a survey of non All of this is useful and valuable, but you know, But all of this also sets up the structure that makes it that much more justified to hold the inevitable hearings, which could happen at any time. And we know that they want to have
0: them. Well, wait. Well, you say can happen at any time. They can only happen after this legislation is signed. Oh no, 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 no! You can call a hearing any time. We've already had one. How can uh, you get witnesses to come forward if they're not protected? Again,
1: <laughs> this is protecting witnesses should they have a problem. If a witness is called to testify before the Senate Intel Committee yeah. under oath, under command of the committee, I assure you, they don't have to, have to worry about pro- – protect it. So the hearings is a separate thing. The hearings is something they can do now. And by holding those hearings and getting this information out via the witnesses to the vast majority of the world's people, they essentially drive the disclosure tor- disclosure process toward confirmation. Mm-hmm. That is separate from the all these other processes. They can't pass a bill and say, "Look, uh, we got to have this report in 60 days, and we need another report in 90 days, and we need this and that," and give the impression, "Oh my God, they're they're fast tracking this because obviously they're trying to get somewhere." No, they're treating it like a stand. Standard process, legislative process, a standard DOD response uh, in the usual ways because if they don't, it looks kind of funny. But by doing it, they are protecting themselves public relations-wise from the criticisms they're ultimately going to get when the full truth is known. Mm. At least they can say, hey – and by the way, everything they're setting up now, everything they're doing now is not wasted money. If we were to hold hearings next month and and Biden announced the ET presence in December, none of this money is wasted because everything they are setting up was is going to be even more needed after confirmation, after disclosure, when things really get going, and the demands on the legislature, the Congress, and the DoD are, 10, 20, 50 times greater than they are now. And it and becomes so a firestorm
0: of public interest. Okay, I, I need to have... And ask they're going to have
1: the structure to do with. And, I need to ask so that, my that's, awful, that's my update.
0: I need to ask my off-the-wall question, which you and I have discussed privately, but I want you to talk about it publicly for those that are not, you know, totally engaged. We have a new king in Britain whose name is Charles III. He has to follow an impossible act to follow, which is his mother... No one will ever equal Elizabeth II. So he needs to do two things. The legitimacy of the monarchy is up for question at many different levels, particularly at the millennial level. And number two, his own reign, his own kingship is up for grabs. I suggested the other day that the perfect person to spearhead disclosure, a head of state, a head of the monarchy, would be charles the third because of his father's overwhelming interest and i happen to have new information as to charles own interest in the entire subject of extraterrestrial life what do you think
1: well, here's what i know charles has an, interest, has an interest in the subject which he's kept fairly low key but it's gotten out philip had a much bigger interest in the subject, and that's pretty much known. But he only went so far with it. Mountbatten had an interest in the subject, and so, uh, but Elizabeth, I have no idea. I'm going to say no. All right. So, and she was queen, and so she was she was uh, in charge. Is it possible that Charles could make a move here? Uh, he is a head of state. I say he's a head of state. He is essentially that. He's he's the head of the monarchy. He's a powerful person. Uh, he might, if he were going to do something, he would he would probably get in touch with uh, he would probably contact the current prime minister, the new woman. It just took over. It, his name? Is Truss? Russ? I can't mm-hmm. remember. Truss. Um, Truss. Yes. Elizabeth and discuss Truss. and discuss the possibility, maybe even querying her about what does the UK know about this issue? Obviously, the Pentagon is doing a whole lot of moving and shaking here. Uh, we haven't heard much from MI5 or MI6 on this uh, uh, or their Ministry of Defense. They, they've kept a, a pretty much low key. Uh, and they might talk about maybe uh, taking some action. I'm going to say that's not going to happen. And the, the principal reason is this. This issue is brutal. Uh, the United States is the world's defender of democracy. We've got all the weapons. UK doesn't gain anything by one-upping us on this. It doesn't, by stepping in front of us online. It, it it probably loses a lot. And so I just don't think that that, that that would move forward. That doesn't mean he wouldn't be very supportive if things get going here, but I cannot see the UK uh, taking this uh, option away from us.
0: Okay. Well, I want to thank my guest this morning for the first hour, Steve Bassett, who is head of the Paradigm Research Organization in Washington, D.C., the key lobbying um, arm of the citizen scientists, all interested in ultimate disclosure of who is here and what's out there. When we come back, we're gonna turn to the queen, to the crown, and to the subject of uh, the morning. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and here is Karen Carpenter to take us off this uh, first hour. See you on the other side. Over and out.